0: This is Mr. Lewis, New York Sports 101, the podcast for your New York sports for the Mets, the Jets, the Giants, and the New York Knicks. We'll be talking about the Mets today. Um, We'll be getting in-depth about what happened this week. Um, We'll get into some football stuff before we get into the Mets and the upcoming games that the Mets will have this coming week. I'm your host, Andre Lewis. You can reach me at Twitter if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything like that. You can reach me on Twitter at ATLWR14. Again, that's ATLWR14. And I can answer any uh, questions that you have on the internet on this podcast. So, we'll get into football. Um, Some mistakes that I made last week. Uh, We'll talk about the football, the New York Giants in particular. Then we'll talk about the Mets mistakes that I made last week, and then we'll get into the weekend in review for the New York Mets. Uh, they played um, a number of games. I'm going to cover two games with the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, four games with the Reds, and one game with the Milwaukee Brewers that they had last night, which is a Friday night. I won't get into the game that they have today uh, because i got to watch it on my DVR once I'm done with this podcast. I have it on my DVR to watch it after this podcast um so we'll get into football first uh last week I talked about Daniel Daniel Jones um I never said his first name because I couldn't remember his first name that's how bad this pick was but his name is Daniel Jones um uh the Ohio State receivers because I talked about um Hoskins Haskins having uh um very good receivers that's going to the NFL uh so his receivers Um, is Paris Campbell, I believe. Uh, He was a second-rounder. Then they had uh, another uh, receiver that went, Terry McCarron or something like that, McLaurin. McLaurin, He went in the third round. And their running back, uh, Mike Weber, uh, who went in the seventh round. I put the running back in there because um, that's a part of the offense. And, you know, Haskins' number at 50 touchdowns or 54 touchdowns in his two-year career um you know has something to do with the talent around him nobody from duke got drafted other than daniel jones so we could look at it as a positive but still my negatives outweigh the positives um arizona drafted two quarterbacks and the reason why i'm bringing that up is because it's another positive that i found out with all of this uh with all of this nonsense about Daniel Jones being drafted so high. The reason why I bring up Arizona is because last year they drafted Rosen. I don't know what pick it was, but I know it was pretty high. It was the first draft pick in the – well, their first uh, pick in the draft was getting Josh Rosen. My, my my thing is, my point is, why can't the Giants draft a quarterback next year? Kyler Murray – was drafted by Arizona. They had a uh, starting quarterback already. And you know what? They said, forget it. We're just going to draft another quarterback. So getting Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, I mean, the Giants could very well get another quarterback next year. They can get Tulo. They can get the kid from uh, Alabama or the kid from Clemson. I don't know if he's going to be a junior, though. Uh, there's a kid from Clemson that that's pretty good. He's a, he's a tall tall quarterback, and apparently the Giants like tall quarterbacks. And he's got long blonde hair. I don't know what his name is, but I'll probably get that next week. But uh, the the Giants could very well draft a quarterback next year because I don't see the Giants. Maybe maybe we'll talk about this next week. I'll talk about the schedule. I'll look at the schedule in depth, and um, we'll go through the schedule and figure out what games that a Giants going to actually win. Now, I love Saquon Barkley, and I'm glad that they drafted Saquon Barkley again. But uh, we can very well get another quarterback next next year, just like Arizona did. The 17th pick of the draft for the Giants was Dexter Lawrence. I didn't know his name because I was so upset about the Daniel Jones pick. But uh, that's his name, Dexter Lawrence. I couldn't figure out his name uh, in the last podcast. Now we'll get into the Ohio State and Duke. Now ohios they're saying that Ohio State's playing a tougher division. Uh, they're in the Big Ten. I couldn't remember if they were in the Big Ten or not because the Big Ten has more than 10 teams, so I don't even, I don't understand why they call it the Big Ten still. They have 14 teams in there. But I don't think the competition level is any different because Ohio State, I mean, you play in Michigan, you play in Michigan State, but, I mean, is Penn State, Maryland, who else is in there? Indiana, Rutgers, Northwestern, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin. Okay, I mean, that, that's tough, but... You look at the ACC. I mean, Clemson didn't they win a the national championship? I think they won the national championship. Uh, Syracuse did great last year. Pitt won the division last year. I know it's a terrible um, conference on that side because you know they break it up into two conferences: NC State, Boston College, Florida State is in your is in one conference, and you have uh, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, and North Carolina, in the other. And but if you look at these two conferences I mean it's pretty even I know Louisville didn't do well last year but Daniel Jones played three years so Louisville was good at some point I mean I believe they had Lamar Jackson at some point Louisville was tough Virginia and Virginia Tech Miami these teams are pretty good in the last three years NC State Syracuse finally was good this year but I don't know I maybe have to double check on this but I think the conferences were pretty even so before you say that Ohio State played in a better conference, I I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, that's another for debate. I don't really watch college football like that unless it's like uh, NFL prospects that I need to watch. Um, so Haskins, uh, another thing with Haskins is he's played – I have to look into it because the first year it says that he played eight games. I don't know at what position. Maybe he was at quarterback. I'm not sure but he played only two years at Ohio State, which begs the differ. I thought you had to play three years in college to get drafted. Now, maybe the rule is you have to be a junior to be eligible for the draft, so maybe he took a lot of classes and in fact that he uh, um, became a junior before the draft, but I thought he had to be a junior, but Jones played three years. You know, he threw only 52 touchdowns, but Haskins in two years threw for 54, and the majority of it was in the second year, and that's pretty impressive. But we'll see. We'll see, which was another negative, but we'll see uh, how these two uh, people pan out. Well, that's it with football with the New York Giants. We'll get into the New York Mets and the mistakes that I made last week for baseball. Uh, I talked about McNeil. Uh, getting the hundred hits in two hundred and forty something games, it was in fact two hundred and ninety one games. <laughs> it puts it in a little bit better perspective. He had it uh, the record at two hundred and ninety one games. He beat Moises Alou at two ninety four uh, at bats. They were at bats. So, um, so two ninety one at bats. Uh, McNeil got a hundred hits and broke the record. And Alou had one hundred and ninety four at bats. I said games earlier. I don't know what I said that for. Uh, he got 100 hits in 294. Uh, Gio Gonzalez is on the Brewers. We actually seen him pitch against the Mets uh, recently. Uh, I didn't know what team he was on, but he ended up signing with the Brewers. I wish that the Mets would sign him first, but they didn't. Uh, uh, oh, what is this? Oh, yeah, I talked about Rosario having Rosario talent. I actually meant that Rosario had Lindor talent. Uh, I think he hits... He, he's 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 taller than Ledore, He's got a little bit more power. I think he does have more, a little bit more power than Lador because the balls that he hit opposite field for home runs, well, it, you have to have a lot of strength to do something like that. And I don't want him to get home run happy. Uh, we'll get into Rosario because I think his uh, defense is terrible, and that's why they brought up a hegemony real, which we will talk about because Darno has uh, – been sent down to the Myers or just DFA'd, but we'll talk about that once we get to the games. Uh, the pitcher in, that got the RBI against the Mets, uh, the Cardinals pitcher, uh, I couldn't remember his name, but his name was Miles uh, Miles Michaelis. Uh, he was the one that got the RBI for the Cardinals. Uh, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, I talked about Alonzo and uh, Dakota Hudson. Uh, they did, in fact, play against each other in college and the Cape Cod League. Uh, Alonzo's from Florida And um, um, Hudson is from Mississippi State He went one for seven uh, Against him Against uh, Hudson uh, At bats uh, In the past uh, That's a total of um, That's just uh, the number of bats That he faced with Hayter And um, Alonzo has faced him in the past And he, that's why he told Mickey Calloway he wanted to be in the lineup Very bad I mean he Caught him in the lobby and said, Hey, I'm in the lineup. I want to be in the lineup. I know I got hit in the hand, but I want to be in the lineup. And uh, Mickey Calloway was able to pull him in the lineup. Uh, Cano got hit on an 0 1 pitch, but it was an 0 2. It was 0 2 because he offered at the swing as he got hit by the ball. I thought he grounded out uh, at the end of the bat, but that's not the case. He actually swung at the pitch and got hit. Um, it was a terrible call because he was trying to get out of the way. I don't even know why. I mean, he did it again uh, later on this week, uh, which I'll get into um, in this podcast when we talk about the Mets games. Uh, Mats, I thought he had more strikeouts than Noah Syndergaard and DeGrom. In fact, uh, before Saturday, he had less. He had in 22 innings, he's has 25 strikeouts. Uh, Noah Syndergaard in 34 innings got 39 strikeouts and DeGrom is leading. Uh, with 26 innings, uh, he struck out 30, uh, 43, which is pretty impressive. Man, with all the games that he's lost, that's pretty impressive to strike out 43 people. Um, June 24th June twenty fourth to the 27th is the four-game series against Philly. Uh, I didn't know when the Mets were going to be playing Philly again because of Reese uh, Haskins. Uh, is his name Haskins? Reese Haskins? I don't know who his name is, but he's the, the guy that... Uh, uh, we hit, or we tried to hit, <laughs> uh, in the three-game series that we had against Philly. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Uh, we see Philly again in June, and that's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be some animosity that people are not gonna forget. The Mets are not gonna forget, or the Phillies are gonna forget. So we're getting into the games. The Mets uh, played Milwaukee two games, um, and then they played the Reds four games. And they played uh, the Milwaukee again. I was right about Milwaukee. I said they were going to come in here, and they, they're a pretty good team. Um, I was right about that. I said the Mets was going to at least get one, I think I said in the last podcast. And I thought the Mets was going to win three out of four against the Reds. I was wrong about that. They got two out of four. And um, Milwaukee, I was hoping that the Mets could get two out of three. Um, d- depending on the game today, we'll see what happens. But uh we'll start off with the game that they played on Saturday. They played uh the Milwaukee Brewers, they lost eight to six. Uh in the first inning Peter Alonzo messed up um with Lorenzo Kane on first. Uh he they threw the runner out at first and Lorenzo Kane went to um second base. For some reason, I don't know what McNeil was thinking, but he came in from left field and ran all the way to second base for some reason and Alonzo threw it to him. And the ball got by Alonzo. I'm not Alonzo, uh, McNeil. But the fact that McNeil vacated left field because he was playing left field at the time came all the way down, and when you throw the ball and nobody's behind you in left field, it's going to go for a, a mile. Nimmo had to come from center field to go get that ball. And that's why Kane s- uh, scored from second base on the error by Peter Alonzo. So that put him up one nothing. Sinegard had the bases loaded twice. He had it twice, one in the th- second inning and one in the third inning. In the second inning, he got a double play, got him out of the inning. But in the third inning, um, Thames hit a 2-RBI single to put the Brewers up 3-0. In the fourth, Gr- Grimmel and Yelich, who's having a terrific season, hit his 14th home run. They both had solo home runs to put him up 5-1 in the fourth inning. Um, Dan Alonzo. Uh, hit a three-run homer in the uh, seventh, the bottom of the seventh inning. Now this this whole this was a big home run that Pete hit. Uh, he's actually he actually ended up becoming the rookie of the month. Had a fantastic month. Um, again, he's an MVP. He could be an MVP type player in the coming years. But this uh, home run put us closer to six to five, and I thought the Mets was. I mean, this place. It was electric after he hit that home run. This place was 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 uh, was bumping. City field was bumping until Familia came into the eighth inning and he gave up two runs. And we'll talk about him later because you're gonna have to remember this. This guy, I don't know what's wrong with him. There was a point in the game where a guy hit the ball and was going. It was going foul out of play, and Familia picked it up for no reason. And he didn't even throw the runner out at first. I, 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 Familia is terrible. And we need to talk about Familia because uh, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll talk about Familia once I get to Thomas Neal and what he did the next day. But the Mets ended up losing 8-6. to six. Um, I believe they got another run in the ninth inning. Uh, I'll talk about that. I'll probably talk about that in my mistakes in the next podcast. But Familia blew it. He, we had a prime chance to win this game. And Familia gave up two more runs to deflate the whole building. Now, when he comes in the game, we we know we're going to give up runs. So I don't even know why Mickey Calloway keeps putting him in there. And if there's something to say about Mickey Calloway, I thought he was going to manage this bullpen a lot better. He's done a great job with the offensive and defensive substitutions and his coaching, but he's a pitching coach. He should do a lot better than what he's doing right, right now. But we'll get into that in a little bit. The Mets played the game the next day, and I was hoping the Mets didn't get swept. And, in fact, they did not get swept. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers 5-2. to two. Mats pitched pretty good, pretty good, pretty well. He didn't give up a run until the seventh inning. Pete Alonzo hit a triple. Um, and um, it was pretty funny because when he hit the ball, a guy reached over to try to get the ball. He missed the ball and dropped his beer on Ryan Braum. <laughs> It was hilarious. The beer didn't hit Braum in the face until the ball actually hit the wall, so it wasn't really fan interference, but it was pretty funny to see. Alonzo ended up being on third with a, 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 a triple. Um, I believe this is where Cano got hit in the hand again. He got taken out of the game, and again, it was a strike. I couldn't believe this, but he got hit in the hand. He was out a couple of games. Um, Frazier got a great at bat and drove in the runner with an RBI single. To put us up one to nothing. Um, I believe it was a ten pitch at bat for Frazier for us to go up one nothing in the first inning. Uh Yellich gets hurt in this game as well. Um, he got taken out of the game. That's why you don't see Yelich in this uh three-game series. He might play today or tomorrow, but uh that's why you didn't see him in game one of Friday with the Mets in uh Milwaukee last night. Um Moustakis tied the game in the second inning in the second inning. With a two-run homer in the seventh inning, Match was pretty upset at that. He knew it right away as soon as he threw it. Uh, Mustaka's in the seventh put his, uh, tied the game at two. And in the seventh inning, J.D. Davis comes through with an RBI single to make a 3-2. to two, And Thomas Nitto, who got called up because Travis Darno was DFA'd. Now, um, he had a two-RBI bases loaded double in the eighth, and the Mets ended up winning. Uh, Diaz shut the door, and they was able to win um, 5 to 2 now uh, D'Arno out uh, again I said in the preseason that Mazaraco should play if D'Arno is um not ready I thought Mazaraco did a great job handling the pitching staff last year and I wanted him and his bat is better than D'Arno D'Arno is was terrible I think he went like 2 of 2 of f- 24 so they had to do what what they had to do. Mickey Callaway did a great job, and um, Dominic Smith is also in the minors as well. They had to bring up Hedger Maria, which I believe Rosario is now in the chopping block. And if it isn't, if it wasn't for Rosario getting the RBIs that he's had, he would have been sent down as well because his defense is awful. They needed to make room for Heger Maria. Get some, you know, get yeah, their minor league system is just stacked. So they need to get some people up here. Uh, to see what they got. Because Low- I heard Lowry is on the verge of coming up. And I think Frazier. Well, maybe not Frazier. Because Frazier been has hitting, been hitting some home runs. Some big home runs. And he's played good defense. But I thought Frazier, Rosario, Familia, and Darno were on the chopping block. And Mickey Calloway's doing a good job as far as that. But he's just not managing the bullpen right. But uh, that was a great job by... Uh, getting rid of Darno, he was awful. Uh, he can't throw to second base. He can't hit, and I don't know about the pitching staff. I don't know if he can handle the pitching staff. He did a good job. I mean, they went to we went to the World Series with Travis Darno for Christ's sake in 2015. So he did something right. Uh, he had potential, but you know he had the injury bug, and and he's just not. I mean, he's not an elite catcher. He's not even a top 20 catcher in the league so I mean they had to do what they had to do Ramos has been excellent getting uh, runs batted in he's been getting tons of runs batted in uh, I know he's struggled lately getting all the strikeouts but when it comes down to it he gets a lot of singles to score runs he, he knows what he's doing opposite field again and now that Thomas Nitto is up it sh- goes to show you that we should have kept Masaraco and um I don't know if he's retired now, but uh, the Mets should have just kept Maserako and have him catch uh, DeGrom, because DeGrom pitched a great game. I believe Thomas Nittle caught him, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Travis Darnot, um good luck in his all and endeavors, because I like tra- Travis Darno. I just didn't think he was a good catcher for the Mets. Um, he got us into that World Series. Uh, well He was a big part of the World Series, so... I'm hoping for the best for him. I hope he gets another gig, but not with the New York Mets. But uh, we'll get to the Reds. Uh, the Mets had a four-game series with the Reds. Uh, the first game of the four-game series, they lose 5-4. In the second inning, uh, Iglesias got it started for the Reds with an RBI double. Uh, the Reds ended up scoring three more runs to put them up 4 Uh The Mets chipped away. They got an RBI double from Ramos and an RBI uh, single from Rosario. And in the fourth inning... Uh, the Mets tied the game with two bases loaded walks, one from Alonzo and one from Nitto. I'm uh, sorry, Nimmo. Um, they took the starting pitcher out and um, I don't know who it was, but it was in the fourth inning and the reliever <laughs> walked into bases loaded twice. It was pretty funny. Um, in the seventh inning, I believe he walked into bases loading in one once. Uh, the starter walked into bases loaded once and then the reliever walked into bases loaded for the second time, I think. I'll uh, well, talk about that in the next podcast but uh in the seventh inning Lagaris made a huge play in center field it was a great play and uh, and Lagaris is just a phenomenal center fielder and a lot of people are asking me why is Lagaris always in the lineup every single every single day he can't hit but once you see that play that he made in center field in the seventh inning and you you forget about his offensive woes um, once has come back, I don't know what's gonna happen because um, Nimmo has been still he's still striking out so much, and Lagares is such a such a great center fielder. I don't know what's gonna happen. I think they either platoon or two, just have Nimmo hit uh, right-handed pitchers and Lagares hit left-handed pitchers. I think they're gonna do it that way, but they both can't hit right now, but. Legaris is a better center fielder right now, and, and it proves to show you in the seventh inning what he did. He did a great uh he had a great play in center field. In the eighth inning, um Familia back in it again. Um he had the bases loaded. The Mets got a huge double play uh by Frazier to keep it tied four to four, but you know, Familia got two runners on. Uh Winker, uh we're gonna remember this name. Uh Diaz got put in the game. Uh, Winker hit a home run, uh, and he was happy when he hit it. He was showboating and everything. And um, that put him up uh, in the ninth inning, 5-4. to And that was all. And uh, Frazier struck out in the ninth inning. And we're going to remember Winker's home run, and we're going to remember what Winker did at the end of this game because after the game, Winker went to the fans in left field and waved them goodbye. Now, remember this, uh, because Winker was waving goodbye to I don't know how many fans in the outfield, and he was fired up about that home run as well. But we'll get into Winker uh, later on in the show, because we're going to talk about Familia. Um, Now, I'm going to talk about Diaz and Familia. The notion of a closer, you close games. Why are you putting your closer in in the ninth? This is going around... This is going on for a long time around the league, but I don't know why the Mets do this. If we're not winning, don't put Diaz in. I know you want him to get work, but then you get into a situation like they did the next day where they try to give Familiar a six-out save, which we'll get into in a minute. But you, they did it twice. They put Diaz in in the ninth inning, and it gives up a home run for us to lose the game. Diaz cannot pitch in the ninth inning in a tie game. He wants to pitch in the ninth inning when, there's a, when we're winning. Okay, so Mickey Calloway is going to have to figure that out. And he's doing a terrible job putting in Diaz in in these situations when you can't use him the next day when we're actually winning. Uh, We'll talk about that in a minute because he did it again in the loss that we had against the Reds two days later. And then you can't use him against the Brewers or wherever, whatever game that uh, uh, Synegard pitched uh, the shutout. And if Syndergaard pitched 100 and something pitches before the ninth inning, you would, you would, you wouldn't have put it. You wouldn't have been able to put in Diaz. So he's got to stop doing this. Okay. So when you have a ninth inning tie, do not put Diaz in. Just put somebody else in. Let them let them lose the game. Save Diaz for when you're actually winning. He's getting paid to close the game. Pay him to close the game. Put him in to close the game. That's it. That's my take on that. So the Mets go into the next game, next day, and they win three, four to three. Uh, this was a game that could have been a turning point in our season, like Atlanta game last year. Now, well, it wasn't a turning point, so I'm not going to get in depth about it like I did the last year's uh, Atlanta Braves game that we lost. With the ground pitched is behind off, but uh, the Mets ended up winning three to uh, four to three in the tenth inning. Um, in the third inning, uh, McNeil got a bunt single to score LeGarris and put the Mets up one to nothing. Um, he basically bunted to where you know this is why i like cano on this team because these guys are hitting it where these players aren't now it was kind of confusing because mcneil tried to bunt for a single earlier in the in the uh at bat and the second baseman didn't move up so he did it again and he ended up getting on first base he bunted perfectly to to uh, vado and he just couldn't throw him out at first um vargas pitched a great game so did luis castillo uh, there was a lot of fans for Luis Castillo. I guess he had some uh, fans from the Dominican Republic coming down to see him. There's a pretty big Dominican Republic population in New York City. that came down to see him. It was a pretty good showing by him. He did a pretty good job. Vargas pitched well, too. He didn't give up a run until the sixth inning. It was a Suarez home run to tie the game at six. I'm sorry, a tie the game at one in the sixth inning. Uh, Castillo uh, pitched very well, but he gave up a solo home in the tie of Frazier. Uh, that put the Mets up 2-1. to one. Uh, the Mets ended up getting another run in the uh in the game to put him up three to one, and then familiar happened so oh boy, so in the eighth in the ninth inning, he gave up two two out hits in the ninth inning for the Reds to tie the game at three apiece. I could not believe it and um Mickey Calloway wanted him to go with the six-out save. Now, Familia pitched, I believe he pitched in the eighth inning as well. Um, he got the big play by Lagarus in center field, another uh, gold glove award-winning type player. He doubled off uh, Votto, uh, which was a dumb uh, base runner mistake by Votto. Uh, that helped Familia get out of that inning. But in the ninth inning, he just looks terrible. And now he's on the... 10-day uh, DL uh, because of his shoulder uh, or inflammation in his elbow. I don't know what it is, but to Familiar, take your time coming back because he has done awful in the eighth inning. And it's getting, it's getting to, it got to the point where when once he got into the game, I was like, oh my God, it's just please get one out. Oh, he got one out. Please get two outs. I mean, he had two strikes on one of the hitters, and he just hit an opposite field base hit to bring him down three to two, and I knew it was over after that. And I thought he was going to give up another run. To actually put the um, reds up, but that wasn't the case. So J.D. Davis started in the 10th inning, and he got a lead-off double. McNeil moved him over with a single, and then Peter Alonso got the sacrifice fly. He almost hit it out, actually, and uh, um, Yasiel Puig made a—he made a—he made an underrated great catch in uh, in right field, and uh, that scored Davis for us to get the walk-off win. Thank goodness, because. Losing, if they didn't win this game, they would have likely lost three out of four against the uh, against the um, Reds. That, that's that, that's bad. Uh, so the Mets lose the next day um, to the Reds, one nothing. Degrom pitched a hell of a ball game. Um, he didn't give up a run the whole game, and this is what we need. And to get Degrom and Syndergaard to have great back to back starts, it's 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 it's, oh, it's great to see. Um, Very important for them to do that. Um, No runs were scored until the ninth inning. And again, we put Diaz in with a tie score at 0-0, and Iglesias hit his home run off off Diaz. Um, Again, put your closers in when it's a closing situation when the Mets are winning. Winker uh, made the last out, and remember this, because he made a great catch in left field sliding into the the catch. And... um, he looked at the fans again and started waving them goodbye. Now remember this because the next day, the Mets fans were having fun with him. Um, we get to the second game, the fourth game of the series. Uh, the Mets win one to nothing. Sinegar had a complete game shutout. He pitched amazing. He went nine innings, gave up four hits, struck out ten. He did a terrific job. Uh, remember Winker. He let off the game with a strikeout, and the fans started waving goodbye to him. It was awesome. I mean, I would have did the same thing because he was was being an annoyance. Uh, uh, You know, the Mets fans were getting annoyed with Winker. I mean, once you get to a four-game series, you start getting annoyed with players. I think fans (laughs) start getting annoyed with players. I think teams start getting annoyed with each other. So... Uh, fans started started waving them goodbye. Siniger hit a solo home run in the third inning to put the Mets up one to nothing. He basically single handedly won this game by himself. It was un- unbelievable. Now, in the last two games, the Mets have only scored one. It, with these last two games, the Mets have only scored one run. Uh, y- actually, uh, the Mets have scored because of last night. The Mets have only scored two runs in the last. Let's see, one, two, three. Three games. Oof, that's not good. So the Mets ended up winning 1-0. Uh, Syndergaard hit the opposite field home run in the third inning. Uh, it was a monster home run. I thought even this guy's pretty strong. He hit it over the wall of flushing. Uh, he hit it in the third inning, one nothing. And Winker struck out in the sixth inning. Fans waving goodbye to him again. And then uh, the greatest thing that we've seen in this four-game series against Winker was when he got thrown out in the ninth inning because of a pitch. It was actually was a strike. The, piece, the reason why he was complaining is because uh, Ramos wanted to pitch in, and the way he set up, he was so far in that when he reached over to get the pitch, it looked like a ball, but it was actually in the strike zone, so Winger took offense to that. He, it was two strikes. It, he would not even strike out. It was two strikes, and it, <laughs> In the at bat, and he ended up getting thrown out, and the fans let him have it. I mean, I was yelling in my house too. I said, "Throw him out, throw him out!" And the and the, and the umpire ended up throwing him out. It was great, great sight to see. Uh, whoever came in the, the, the bat form him uh, struck out, and um, Syndergaard ended up striking out Yasiel Puig on a on a on a um, on a strike that was controversial. Uh, At at best, but I think the umpire was just trying to get out of there. (laughs) And uh, he struck out Yasiel Puig on a borderline pitch. It wasn't even borderline, it just wasn't a strike. But uh, the Mets get the win. They split a two-game series with the Reds. And then they go to the Brewers Friday night, which was last night. Um, They lose 3-1. Ramos got it started in the first inning. Um, The Mets go up 1-0 on an RBI single by him. Matt's give it right back on the in the first inning. For, give it right back. First inning, first uh, batter, Kane. I mean, he hit a monstrous shot to left center field to tie the game at one. Um, the fireworks, I, I, I noticed the fireworks uh, indoors. I, I didn't even know that the Brewers had fireworks after a home run. And speaking of home runs, I don't know if anybody notices, but uh, whenever Frazier hits a home run, when he rounds second, he always looks at his wrist. I never understood, what, is it Frazier time? I don't understand. If anybody can let me know what that means, uh, please uh, sh- tell me on ATLWR14, please tell me what the hell is he doing. Because every time, listen, next time Frazier hits a home run, if he doesn't get DFA'd, next time Frazier hits a home run, he's going to round second base and he's going to look at his wrist like he's looking at the time. I don't know what that means. Uh, I wish I I wish I wish tweeted him. Uh, he never got back to me. I don't know what that means. I, I want to know. So, anyway, uh, Braun hit a two-run homer in the fifth, and that's all, folks. Uh, they put him up 3-1 to one in the fifth, and um, the Mets ended up losing 3-1. to one. Now, the Mets had a chance to win this game. They put Hayter in in the eighth inning to get the six-out save. Now, that's how, that's how you get a six-out save. Uh, <clears throat> familiar. Um, he got put in this, in the eighth inning uh, with the six-out save. Uh, the Mets had a chance in the ninth inning. Conforto had a leadoff double. Then Ramos walked, and... Hader struck out Davis, Frazier, and Rosario, all in a row, to win the game. Unbelievable! That's how you. That's how you close a game out, man. Hopefully, he ain't pitching tonight. But uh, the Mets lose. I said the Mets were gonna get two out of three, but I don't know if that's gonna happen now. But hopefully, they will. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll get two out of three. So the upcoming games with the Mets, uh, they'll play Milwaukee tonight, uh, which I'll watch in a minute after I'm done with this podcast upstairs. I'll go downstairs and watch the game. Uh, they'll play Milwaukee tomorrow at 2. Uh, they'll play uh, Monday at San Diego. They'll have a three-game series with San Diego. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They'll have a day off on Friday, and they'll have a three-game series against the Marlins. So I think the Mets will win two out of three. I'm hoping, but losing the game, the first game of the series, it's tough to win two games in a row in Milwaukee. But without Yellich, I don't know if he's in the lineup tonight, but... Without Yellich, because uh, his back has been killing him, I think the Mets can win these games. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they play San Diego. I think they can get two out of three against the San Diego uh, uh, Padres. Uh, I think they can get two out of three. And then the Marlins, I believe the Mets can get two out of three there. I think the mar they won't sweep the Marlins. I think the Marlins will get at least one game. Because they got swept at in their home ballpark and I know they're gonna be pretty upset about that and they're gonna come in, in the in City Field and get at least one of those games. And that's our podcast. Uh next week we'll talk about the Mets games and any mistakes that I did last week or this week. Um, if you wanna reach me at ATLWR fourteen with any questions or comments or concerns, you can reach me there. This is uh mister Lewis, New York Sports one oh one and we will catch you next week for New York Mets baseball and possibly, uh, what is the draft lottery? Are we going to get into the draft lottery? I think it's on the 14th. I don't know if I'm going to cover that. Uh, I don't know. I think the draft lottery is on the 14th. So we might get into that if, I don't know, my dates right now. <laughs> I don't know my dates right now. So maybe it's next Tuesday. Maybe it's the in two podcasts we'll talk about the next position in the draft. Hopefully we get the number one pick. I'm praying to Lord Jeebus that we get the number one pick. Um, And that's all. So we'll talk to you later. Have a great day.